Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Jennifer Stefano, executive vice president of the Commonwealth Foundation, columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, proud native Philadelphian, and her very long, large resume does include Emmy-nominated TV reporter and anchor, worked as Americans for Prosperity and Americans for Prosperity Foundation. The list goes on. Villanova business degree, et cetera. I could go on and on about you. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Don, but my best part of my resume <laughs> was intern to Don Stevens. So you've got to, I, any accomplishments owe in part to you and how good you are to me when I was starting out in TV. A very vicious business of which you are a kind, beautiful person. <laughs> yeah. To someone who was not a, you know, just a lowly intern. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, today, Don, when you're talking about these issues, I'm listening to your show. It's all about character, isn't it? It's about, you know, what, what, who people are and what they do when no one's looking or how they treat people they don't think are important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, we have a failure of character in the United States. Uh, and, and, and that's sort of the fight against wokeism. It just, it, it, it adheres to the wrong question. You know, it's, it's not about, are you woke enough? It's what is your character? And you certainly show good character oh. as you still do. Cat. But I, I don't know. That's my sort of point of view. We have a character, <laughs> right? Yeah. Ethics, character, you know, and in, in this upside down land, you know, that we live in, I wanted to ask you about your latest piece as far as what well, we can talk about the character of John Fetterman and you've written about this, talking about John Fetterman, a lot of people looking at him saying, wow, a, a little finding him refreshing and people mm-hmm. taking a second look at somebody who was, you know, by all accounts, he was made fun of and yes. and now comes back with sounding like a very sounding like a very rational Democrat. <laughs> right. And we need them. I mean, I, I think we need. Democrats and Republicans that are going to say, hey, on some issues, I'm, I'm not going to be with the orthodoxy. I think we have to be more rational and understanding. You know, I've, I've myself, Don, I've tried to take a, a different look and approach to politicians, even the squad, right? The squad who I think is outrageous, you know, AOC and her gang. Mm. I think they're outrageous. I think they're ludicrous. But to serve the United States, to serve America, I think it would do well for all of us just to stop and say, okay, instead of, I'm just going to see what they're saying. I'm going to seek to understand why before I pass judgment. That's not to say I'm going to vote with them or, or on an issue or agree with them on anything. But we do better to be more critical of our own thinking before we are critical of other thinking and, and make sure we understand where people are coming from, why they are. And I, as I'm teaching my children, my children are young. I got a gaggle of them. You know, <laughs> if you can't argue the other side of the argument in, with a straight face and with clarity, you can't win. Okay. You can't win your own perspective. You have to be able to stand in the other side and argue that point of view with a straight face and with data and facts 
in order for you to win your point of view. So that's how you learn to be a critical thinker and a leader. Amen. So you, yeah, and I think Betterman's doing that. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I love, I love the picture. You were, you were a little inspired as you know, you're mom with kids and you put up all the Christmas decorations and you've got the big life-size nativity scene outside in the yard with the spotlights. So how did Fetterman actually, or maybe those like him, actually inspire you a little bit in this year's Christmas decorations? Yeah, so I, I love this. So we're Italians. So I inherited both my husband's grandmother and my grandmother had the old-fashioned plastic <laughs> nativity scenes, right? Which today everyone looks at and says, who would ever buy that? Well, it was the height, I guess, of like Christian style, yes. you know, back for Italians to have the So my grandmother's didn't survive the ages, but my husband's grandmother one did. So we always, I put it out and I put a spotlight on it in their memory and, you know, the baby Jesus out there. I think it's important at Christmas. And I put a spotlight on it and I put the Star of Bethlehem over it. But this year, I thought Fetterman did a great thing um, putting on the Israeli flag and saying, I'm not going to subscribe to this orthodoxy of the left to be anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. So I put a big, I bought a neon, huge neon star and put it over the nativity in place of the Star of Bethlehem just to show anyone walking by or driving by in the neighborhood that Jewish people, we're not going to kill all the Jews again. We're not going to allow it. Like they have, it's, it's just insane. So I, I thought Fetterman did a, a mitzvah, as they say. I thought he did a good thing with that. <laughs> so just to describe this, the big plastic life-size, you know, figures, you got Mary, Joseph, the three wise men kneeling, big spotlights, the baby Jesus, the big star of David. And, um, so is this, by the way, is this still up or when do you take down your Christmas decorations? Just gotta. So this is a great question because it depends. Sometimes I'm really highly motivated and I get it down sort of the week after New Year's and other times I'm more, I say I'm like with the Greek Orthodox Church <laughs> who will celebrate Christmas like into March. I'm still, Christmas cards, I'm still trying to get out. It, it depends on, I mean, I know you're busy too. Like it, it, it's like. I'm a mess. I, it's I'm a mess, right? Like, it's like, ah, we'll see. But um, I'll tweet it out. I'll, uh, I'll tweet it out. It was in the Philadelphia Inquirer. But I think <laughs> most importantly, it's, it's about um, thinking through things. And I think, look, another reasonable move that was made by a Democrat was when Governor Shapiro said, you are not going to take down William Penn. This is not happening. You're not going to take down a statue. You're not going to remove him. And he went to the Biden administration and advocated on this. Um, you know, I think the Democrats realize their side has very much lost the plot, mm -hmm. that they have become radicalized to the point of destructive. Uh, I think there is a violent anarchist stream running through society right now. And I think it has to be addressed. Certainly the Democrats have to get out in front of this. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I've gotten, a, you know, some, some people criticize me because I said, essentially, you know, I agree with you what you're saying, that it was politically astute for Josh, Governor Josh Shapiro to pick up the phone call. He could have doubled down. Yeah. If that had been Gavin Newsom, I think Newsom would have not done that. He would have doubled yeah. down on it. Yeah. And, and he would have so, right? let it. Right. In this case, though, not only does does he pick up the phone and call Biden and get that, you know, within, what, 72 hours or less, 
just the whole thing, poof, they fixed it, done. Nope, not going to be taken down. But then on top of it, make sure Biden gets the credit. All the headlines said, you know, Biden administration, make sure, because they know how important Pennsylvania truly is. Right. And it's so funny, Don, because of all the founders um, that everyone seems to hate these days, William Patton was probably would 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 meet today's criteria in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So it's ludicrous that you were going to remove him. And, and they didn't give a reason why, but we can all imagine it was this woke nonsense. Now, I get a lot of criticism, a ton, for giving props to Fetterman or giving props mm-hmm. to Shapiro or, you know, I, my views on January 6th, uh, which are strongly held, is I think that, that was a, a, a huge problem, what people did at the Capitol. Um, and, you know, I get critiqued from the right for these things, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I was raised by baby boomers who did not really care about my emotional well-being. So you can, <laughs> you can levy all the critiques you want at me. It, it does not faze me. That's how I was raised, right? But I, I, I think it's just really interesting that we don't like to give props to a Democrat or we say, oh, they're just doing it for politics. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. That's their job to be political. This isn't a church. I don't need to know that they fully believe what they're doing. If they're doing it for political expediency and it's the right thing to do, great. I'm fine with that. Right? Like, I don't have to take a cynical view of that. That's the sole purpose of politics. Isn't That's sort of where I, but I get, I get a lot of critique for that, which is okay. Well, and I think sometimes conservatives are, I don't know what it is about us, but maybe conservatives are more likely to get pulled into those those types of arguments, whereas I do think Democrats are able to zoom out and look at the big picture. And so, for example, with the example we just gave, with Governor Shapiro, you know, calling the Biden administration and not doubling down on something um, with regard to the Penn statue, but looking at the big picture and saying, hey, Pennsylvania is in play. We've got a big year in 2024, so we don't want to trigger all of the conservatives or all of the independents who might say, wait a minute, this is getting absurd, you know, because we saw Cutler, you know, um, really went on a media blitz saying, see, this is the left, ridiculous, going way too far left, progressive, and in this woke culture, just trying to, you know, rip out the name Penn from all things in Pennsylvania. And and so ultimately they just, boom, said, nope, done, diffu- fully diffused, Immediately. Yep. Exactly. And, and look, Cutler is a champion. He's a stalwart. And he was totally correct. Yes. And what I'm happy about is that we have a strong and vigorous loyal opposition in Pennsylvania. This is a very, look, the, 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 the Democrats only have the House by one vote. And right now, they don't have it by vote, and this is why they're sitting out, right? Like this, this it's ridiculous, this graceful. Oh, it's outrageous! It is totally outrageous. A waste of our money. I want all their salaries revoked. <laughs> it's outrageous. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Um, but, but the balance of power is precarious in Pennsylvania, and, and the Republicans are doing a great job. Um, that, is, that is Brian Cutler's job, right? Kim Ward, she does her job. They go right after the, the Democrats when they do these things. And shame them. I mean, and it is shameful. And by the way, Don, the Republicans are being hurt, I think, by a lot of people who consider themselves Democrats but are against this crazy teardown of America, that America, we just have to destroy it. And, and that's really what on the left is happening. It's the total undermining of American civilization and culture. And, yes, we have a culture. Yes. And it's a great one. Amen. So, yeah. And then I think the Democrat, the Republicans play a vital role. Brian Cutler is magnificent. I think he, he has been a stalwart and he's a decent human being. The way he treats the opposition, I've watched him up close and personal now for many years. So our, our minority leader in the House is, is, is also of good character. So that's helpful. So I, I wanted to get your take on something and that was, and I, I find this refreshing that in, in, uh, we talk about election integrity and the importance of that and voter ID. And so, you know, this week, this federal judge for Ohio, unfortunately not for us, but the federal judge upholding these provisions of Ohio's, um, omnibus voter suppression law, finding the statute slate of voting restrictions on the in-person and absentee voting process do not violate, they say, the U.S. Constitution and saying that this is a good thing for, you know, our integrity of elections. And I saw actually Molly Hemingway had had tweeted this one out um, and I saw her, you know, reaction to that this morning. But do you think that do you think that in Pennsylvania that, that we have a shot for that kind? Because these were plaintiffs that were challenging the law's strict new photo ID provision that requires one of four forms of photo ID that could be a driver's license, state identification card, a passport, military ID. But in Ohio, they're saying we need photo ID. And so that's something I think that's fantastic. And I think that even even no matter where somebody is on the political spectrum, spectrum, you have to admit we have so many Americans who just have lost faith in our institutions, have lost faith in our elections, and there's just enough out there to raise, you know, I think there's reasonable doubt to say what is happening. And so good for Ohio, but I just wanted your thoughts on that, Jennifer. Yeah, well, you know, look, I'm part of um, the Pennsylvania Department of State's task force around voting and election integrity. Um, I meet with you know, Al Schmidt, our, our, our Secretary of State here in Pennsylvania, and a number of other groups, most of them on the left, but um, who are engaging on this issue here in Pennsylvania. And we walked through the last time we met, which was last quarter, and, and a, new, a meeting's coming up again um, this quarter. We walked through some of the um, ways that people, and I, ways people can, and ideas that they could use if there were voter ID. I mean, in Pennsylvania, it would be 13 different types of ID that you could use to vote. I'm not for a federal um, ID. I think I'm, I'm totally against that. Um, I, I think that to vote, there are numerous IDs that could be used 
in Pennsylvania, and I'm I'm happy to be part of the task force to make sure that yes, you, you, it has to be easy to vote and hard to cheat, and the states have the right to make these laws. So I think a federal judge ruling that it is constitutional uh, for Ohio and to make these laws is correct. The United States Constitution does give leeway to the states here. So I, I think it, it is not burdensome. Um, and and that, that's really one of the standards, right? Is it excessively burdensome that it would, would impede someone in their constitutional rights, right? And this is the same question that applies to guns. Would it, would any, there can be regulation, just like there can be regulations around speech. The question is, is it excessively burdensome? Is the government preventing the exercising of a right, whether in voting, whether with guns, whether with speech? And I, I don't think ID or certainly in Pennsylvania, what's being looked at in the legislation is not burdensome at all. It makes it easy to vote and hard to cheat, which is quite sensible when you think about it. Amen. Well, we'll leave it there. Jennifer Stefano, thank you so much. And until next time, my friend, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.